Hello and welcome to the Fireforge Leader Podcast, where me, Steve Baumgartner, will be sharing lessons forged on the front lines of leadership. So today we're going to be discussing the topic of who's leading the team when you're not there. So really this came about yesterday when my second command sent me a text. I've been off on vacation for about a week and a half. And his text just simply stated, hey, you've been pretty quiet. How's your vacation going? So the first thoughts that went through my head when I got that text is, oh, man, am I giving him the support that he needs when I'm not there? Am I not communicating enough? Am I not engaged with my plant enough? So I... I answered the questions about my vacation, told them, you know, we're having a great time. You know, there's a lot of places in the United States to explore. Uh, We've been having a lot of fun. My kids like going and staying in Airbnbs rather than hotels. Uh, And it's, it's amazing because they just love the experience of vacation in general. After I answered that question about vacation, I asked them the questions that I had in my head about Am I not engaged enough? Am I not uh, giving him the support that he needs? And he goes, no, I just, uh, I'm not really used to someone trusting me so much. So this really got me into some more thoughts about thinking, whether it's at work, at home, in your community, things that you've started, what are the key components to being able to hand off the keys so that you can spend time in other places where you need to spend time like vacation? And the word trust kept on coming up into my head, especially since he had mentioned it. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, You know, what are the things that really attribute to being able to hand off the keys effectively to your second charge. So first, let's explore this word trust a little bit. I'm sure you guys all know that I like the meaning of words. I I really like talking about them and the definitions just to get a firm grasp of what the words really mean rather than what we assume they mean. So trust, when you look it up in the dictionary, it says a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So for a leader to be able to trust somebody, they really need to know that uh, while they're gone, that the, Mission's not going to change while they're gone, right? That everybody's going to still be marching along the same route. And secondly, they need to have trust in the decision-making capabilities of the person that they're leaving their command to. So how is that done overall? I think it's the same way that you do everything else in leadership. First, you need to have everybody on your team and especially the person who you're leaving your charge to. They all need to understand and believe in the vision, right? 
what does that end state look like for work? You know, you might want to be the most profitable plant in your segment along with the best safety records. You want to have retention high. You want to have people want to work for you. At home, you might buy, you might want to be very wealthy. You might want to have a great relationship with your spouse, self-sufficient children, rendering yourself obsolete. So it depends on where we're trying to get to, but everybody needs to understand and believe in that vision together. Second thing is, is people can see the mountains off in the distance. They can see that, right? You can explain the vision. They can see the, they can see the mountains. Not everybody understands how they're going to get there, right? Not everybody knows how to prepare food for a hike, to have the right equipment. So they also need to understand the mission, right? So the mission is, is the methods that we're going to use to ultimately realize our vision. And then finally, the person that you're leaving your command to needs to understand the metrics and indicators. Really, what to watch out for to make sure that we stay on course or if they need to course correct. That's vital for making good decisions. So that's how we can really get there, you know, how we get it done. And I spoke about trust quite a bit. But I also want to have a little bit of caution with trust because trust is a two-way street as well. So if you have everybody rallied around the vision, the mission, the metrics, you also need to be cognizant of how you act as a leader. And that's where my second in command didn't quite understand the way that I lead. So when you leave someone, you're basically, basically given the second in command, your authority, your whole of authority. And you're stating to them at that point, that you trust them to maintain and even thrive in your absence, which a huge call out to my second in command. I believe the plant, while I was gone, had the best week's performance that the plant ever's had. But anyways, getting back to it, trust being a, a two-way street. As a leader, if I was off on vacation and I continuously called my second command, making sure that they were uh, doing everything right, looking over their shoulder, they wouldn't feel that trust that I bestowed upon them. They wouldn't want to make the decisions because they couldn't feel that trust. However, in my absence and being able to uh, leave my second in command with my full trust, he was able to make decisions, decisions he wouldn't have normally made. And ultimately, he's going to grow from being able to make those decisions. Also, 
if they make a poor decision when you've given them that trust and you see it in an email or you hear about it and you're, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. And you do this in front of everybody. It has the same type of consequence. So there's going to be a decision that I don't necessarily agree agree with, with my second in command. My plan is that when I go back to the facility, we will sit and have a conversation about that. And I will coach them in private so that they can correct the decision that they made, not me correcting it for them. So ultimately, they're also going to grow from that because they got my mentorship as well as the chance to save face with the people that they made this decision in front of. So I've talked a lot about this work segment, right? And my next in command. But I want to discuss a little bit more of that in detail. So I told you that my vacation's been about a week and a half. But what I didn't tell you is that I've only been in this position as a plant manager since the beginning of June. And during that time, my team, the team, has been really scrapping this whole time to try and make our goals for the year. So when I got there, the goals were already set. And the team was not achieving these goals, right? The half of the year's gone. It looked bleak. So at this point, it would have been easy to throw in the towel and submit uh, to not being able to hit those goals. And even though I had my doubts as well, I also knew that we had the power to change our trajectory. We didn't have to keep going further away from our goals. Yes, we might not be able to hit them. That's a definite possibility. But we could change our trajectory to get closer to the goals and really show what we're made of. So we've just been scrapping and clawing uh, and doing the best that we can every day to achieve these goals. So I worked with the team and really had to get everybody to understand what that vision looked like, just paint a picture of those mountains, and really believe that we could get to those mountains. That was my job as a leader. Next, what I did was I brought the team together, and we, and I want to make a special emphasis on we, we set the strategies on how we were going to meet them. It wasn't Steve who set the strategies. It was the team who set the strategies on how to get there. And now we're executing on these strategies. So I want to make mention again that why I has gone, that the plant had record performance. It doesn't need me there. It needs the vision. And it needs to understand how to realize the vision. Those people are bought in and they are marching. So that comes from the statement that I made and put emphasis on of we, right? They, 
they're bought into the strategies because they developed them. So first and foremost, everybody is marching in the same direction. So when I hand the keys off to my second command, he has the understanding of the march, right? And so does everybody else. I also communicate with him at a higher level than I do everybody else every day. We have open discussions. He knows that if he doesn't believe in something, that he can communicate with me about it. If I make a decision that he doesn't believe in, he can talk to me about it without any sort of fear or anything else. But he also deals with me in such a way that he knows that I have a reason behind that decision. And if what he's saying makes sense, that I will change my mind. So we have that trust going back and forth because we're on the same mission, because I allow him to make decisions, because I don't always need to be the guy standing on the top of the mountain with the flag. You need to be able to allow others to lead at work, even when your presence is there, so that when your presence is not there, that they know how to do it. So going into the community setting, I want to I want to talk about a friend of mine who is uh, he's a leader in my faith community. And when I talk about the community and uh, what I just talked about in the work setting, I think that it's all the same, really, right? So this guy, he's astounding to me because my first <laughs> my first interaction with this man, he didn't even know my name, but he was able to talk me out of about $10,000 for the church. Uh, anyways, since then, I've got to know him really well. Uh, and I give him crap all the time about how he swindles people into giving them money. But really, he's a great man. Um, I've seen him build men's formation groups, lead uh, young men and boys, youth camps, uh, do fundraising activities, and he's always just starting something new. Some of these things have been going on for decades. Uh, the man's name's Herb Reese, uh, <laughs> and everybody in the community knows Herb, right? Some people run, of course, because he's going to ask him for money. Uh, other people are just willing to follow him to the ends of the earth. So one thing about Herb is that uh, he's getting quite a bit of pressure from his wife right now because he should be retiring. He runs a construction business. He does all these things on the side. His wife wants him to start uh, being at home more and things like that. Of course, she fully supports him in, in leading out in the community, but she would like some more of his time as they grow into their twilight years. So He's realized that he does need to back off from some of these things. And he has been starting to slowly hand off these nuggets. 
And when I state that he's done things like men's formation groups, I'm talking about multiple groups that meet, not just one small group, but there's small groups in about 12 places, right? And that, I don't know those exact numbers, but he's been starting to hand off these different groups to different people. So I started to look at how he can do that and feel right about it since he's created every one of these things. And it comes back to the same points. They understand and believe in the vision of what he's doing. They know the mission. Really all that he's doing right now is working with them on the metrics and how to adjust when things aren't on track. And overall, he's been working with these men for a long time. So there's that trust there that uh, I have in between my second in command and myself. So switching into the home environment, I'm the leader in my home. Uh, You know, my wife's a leader in my home, but ultimately she has bestowed that authority upon me that I'm the ultimate leader of our home, right? So when I leave for work or I go on a trip, it's essentially like handing the keys to the second command again. And when I do this, I know that my home's going to be led in the same way when I'm gone than when I'm here. I know this because my wife and I are on the same journey, right? We have the same vision. We understand the path that we're taking to get there. We look at metrics and we course correct as needed. Um, right now we have a, <laughs> a meeting, a conversation scheduled about my four-year-old son who is quite intense and some things that we're going to do to adjust to try and get a better outcome for this, for this child, really, because our job as parents is to render ourselves obsolete in the long run, right? He needs to be self-sufficient. Right now we're not walking along a journey that's helping them get there. At home, we also know each other's hearts, right? We care about what each other thinks. We care about what our children think. We want the best outcome for our family. So I'll tell you a a place that I have um, troubles with and I work on every day. I find it very, very easy especially when I go on a long trip to nitpick when I come in the house. I walk in the house. I walk into the living room where the kids are playing, my wife's reading, you know, whatever the case may be. And I find it easy to nitpick that situation, right? So my wife's sitting down, the floor has toys all over it. You know, there might be bits of food from one of the toddlers or whatever. And at those times, I really need to look at, number one, our vision. Is there any part of our vision that says that our floor has to be pristine? Not a single thing, right? I also need to look at the metrics of what's really important, right? The metrics that get us to that vision. 
So, for example, is my family intact, right? Are my kids and my wife all in the same room, interacting together? Are they enjoying the blessings that we have, right? My wife and I work extremely hard to provide. Is everybody in the house able to enjoy those blessings? Are they learning things in the homeschool that we provide for them? And are they able to make good deductions? We use a lot of Socratic method in our homeschool, so we want them to be able to think through situations, right? Are the kids respectful? Are they acting in a loving manner? Are they engaged in our family? So those are really the things that I need to be looking at. And there's a lot of things that we do in our home life that are actually self-destructive. Nitpicking is one that I've, I've identified for myself. I could go on forever on the home subject, but the fact is, if you're using one of these things like nitpicking, right? What you're doing is you're destroying the trust that you have with your spouse that ultimately keep both of you marching in the same direction, on the same mission, towards the same vision. So if I was going to wrap this up, right? Leadership and being able to hand that leadership off to a second in command, whether it's in your work life, at home, or out in your community. There's certain things that you need. The first one is trust in that second leader. You also need to share in the same vision. You need to be marching the same path with the mission. And everybody needs to understand the metrics around what will take you to that vision. So I hope you picked up a little bit in this episode of Fireforge Leader Podcast. We'll see you again in two weeks in the Forge. I definitely invite each and every one of you to leave a rating and a review if you liked what you heard here. And also, please push that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're currently listening to. And I really just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for turning, tuning into the Fireforge Leader podcast. And don't forget, as you're listening to this podcast, another podcast, right? Words without action are meaningless. So after the heat of the forge, shape the thoughts that you've picked up during this podcast. Quench your brain and then put those new tools to use.